0: Now encoding transmission. Transmission encoding completed. Have you often found yourself wondering about the unsolved
1: mysteries and weirdness that surround them all? Now, I'm not saying it's definitely aliens, but it's definitely aliens
0: you're listening to three girls one cape can you handle the truth
2: hello hey hey (laughs) we're three girls one cape and we appreciate you taking the time to listen to our podcast but there are some things you should know about us
0: i'm sure as you've noticed we talk like sailors
2: yes yes And also, sometimes the content that we talk about might not be appropriate for children under the age of 16 or unless you're listening with an adult. Yeah. So if you're under the age of 16 or don't have an adult with you, please turn off our show and wait till the ripe age of 16. We are not responsible.
1: Get in the closet. Call the police. (laughs) They're out there. They're taking everybody.
2: Hide your kids. Hide your wife. Hide yep. your ghosts, Get your Bibles. Because, like, and hide your kitties. Yeah. Those three girls, one cape is coming to town, and we hope that yep. you guys can handle the truth. Enjoy. Bye. Okay. Yeah, we're gone. The human torch was denied a bank loan.
0: Yes. Unique
2: New York. Penis. Penis. <laughs> Welcome uh, to Three Girls, One Cape. We're your hosts. Yeah. I'm Rachel Clovis with the letter V. hmm And Miss Mara Rose.
1: Hello, everybody.
2: We're here to talk about uh, some New Hampshire folklore, urban legends, yeah. true crime. Just a little... Sample for just you guys. Just some history of New Hampshire. Yeah, yep. We recently just did a previous episode on the um, Betty and Barney Hill case. Yeah, and which was obviously one of the most uh, popular UFO abductions in um, New, Hampshire. New Hampshire. Yeah, and in the United States at and, the time. Yeah, yep. So I'll just jump right into UFOs since I brought that up, anyways. So. A lot of people would think New Hampshire doesn't have very many UFO cases, but it actually, um, according to the NUFORC.org, which is the National UFO Reporting Center Report Index, uh, New Hampshire actually has 833 uh, UFO cases the most recent actually were reported uh, in <clears throat> Conway, New Hampshire, which is over by the mountains, yeah. um, and that was right around the beginning of October, so I mean, you know, yeah. we're just at the beginning of November now, so who knows, maybe someone could come forward that decides after the fact that they want to, uh, but... The most recent one from the Center Conway says, a stationary bright flash of light in the northern sky at 50 degrees from the horizon. It disappeared, then every three seconds afterward would flash, reappear, being smaller and less bright, moving northward with a noticeable increase in speed and distance with each of the eight reappearances in 24 seconds. So definitely a pretty... Far out, you know. Experience yeah. I'd say. It's pretty far out, man. Most definitely. Most definitely. Yeah.
0: So uh you wanna Well I got a I got an urban people? I got an urban legend here. Or you know or a tale. A tale, okay. Yeah. A tale of Lake Winnipesaukee. Oh. Ooh. Yes. Uh so the story goes, uh you know, it's set in the uh mid fifteen hundreds. Okay, and uh Chief Wanaton, you know, he's the great chief of the you know, the people and everything. And uh well, not Wonton,
2: right? Wanaton.
0: Wanaton. Okay,
2: not Wonton. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I want Wonton soup.
0: <laughs> um he also was a super protective father mm-hmm. of his daughter Manola. <sighs> Ooh. Yeah, Manola. She she was, I guess she was like a really beautiful woman. Like
2: well, yeah, and that's not us yeah. just trying to um, sexualize uh, you know natives. That's yes. That's, uh, this is the this is the legend.
0: This is the story. You know, like she was so stunning that you know that her father actually sometimes would even kill men trying wow. to pursue her he was so protective of her yeah Damn. <laughs> yeah like dad's like oh I have to out. oh boy you interested in my daughter you want to ask for a hand of marriage think again I'm a <laughs> sick I'm gonna chop your head off <laughs> <laughs> um, you know so he was extremely um, protective of his precious daughter Um, but there was a young Indian chief from a southern tribe Ooh. that heard tales of the Miss Manola. Oh, yeah. And his
2: name was Chief Adewondo. Yeah, can I do a little impression right there? Yeah. Hattie <coughs> <Howdy>, Minola. <laughs> I'm Chief, what was it? Adewondo. Adewondo.
0: <laughs> I bet I mean, you Oh, I'll get a piece of this Am my <laughs> Well, he was so intrigued by her beauty. Yeah, buddy. He's getting in on this. Uh, he was so intrigued by her beauty that he was just so interested that he decided to swim across the entire lake to go to her village yep in search of her all right and this all was going on while chief wanaton was out of town oh shit. all right you know he was out of town and him and manola well they couldn't resist each other
2: yeah and everybody
0: else in town was too scared of him because his. Tribe was known for being, you know, they were notoriously bad.
2: Right,
0: yeah. You know, she they were the all these bad boys, these bad boys from the South.
2: Yeah, Mara you likes know. the bad boys, too. <laughs> you guys can hit her up on Instagram. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: So the two of them fell in love, and everybody was too intimidated to try to fight him, you know, mm-hmm. while their chief was away. So, when Daddy came back, he wasn't all too pleased,
2: so, I, right? I mean, I would imagine so.
0: Yeah, I mean, he's already killed people in his own tribe for trying to court his daughter. Never never mind, you know, this, from an enemy this, tribe, this guy yeah. from the enemy tribe, exactly. Um, but, they, but you know, she begged Daddy. She was like, Daddy, chill. <laughs> and, and he was like, all right. I guess you guys can get married. But, uh both tribes, all the people to go out, this wedding will take place in the middle of the pond because they're not welcome on my land.
2: Right, because yeah, because they didn't want to get on my land get like so, over.
0: So they basically made them have their wedding on the lake. Yep. And the day of the wedding, uh, weather conditions were extremely you know according to the legend everything was really dark and gray and they were preparing for the worst as they were all getting ready to go out in their canoes and go out to the middle of this pond you know like some people had to turn around like you know to go back and get other things of everything you know, they're like oh I don't know if this is gonna work and finally, they just all manage to meet in the middle of the pond, and the skies magically start clearing. Oh. You know, there's a and there's a sun starts coming through the clouds.
2: Yep, right and down it, onto the two of
0: them. Yep, right on the two lovebirds, Manola and Adelondo. And that's when that's when Chief Wanaton is like, you know what? This is a good sign. This is a good sign. So he, um, he, even though at first it discouraged him, he was, believed it was a good omen. Right. And then he blessed their union and the two tribes coming together and making peace. Right. And then he named the tribe Lake Winnipesaukee, which translates to... Smile of the Great
2: Spirit. Oh, Ooh. that's mm-hmm. very That's a very wholesome yeah. you know, um, tale. Like, yes.
1: Yeah. It's not our usual spooky tabular, but I loved it.
2: Yeah.
0: yeah, you know, I was like, oh, okay. I was like, that's interesting.
1: What do you think, buddy?
2: <laughs> He's like,
0: I have no Do <laughs>
2: um, You want to do the next one, Mara? Mm-hmm. Sure,
1: excuse me. did I do it?
2: He's. You
0: can just move him. You can. Yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It's okay. So speaking of local legends, I have what is known as America Stonehenge or Mystery Hill. Mm. It is uh, located in Salem, New Hampshire, not to be confused with Salem, Mass. Right. It is claimed to be a 4,000-year-old megalithic astronomical complex that was built by the megalithic uh, Native American culture. And this is said to be the last monastery wreckage of a migrant group of Irish monks, the creation of ancient Middle Eastern peoples. And uh, it was initially misinterpreted to be the work of 18th and 19th century farmers but no one has a clue on the exact origins of this structure. Although, despite its mystery, uh, people have been, um, but there have been um, various um, experts um, that have looked into it and saying that it consists of a series of small stone walls, odd stone arrangements, and underground chambers, and there's apparently a one-acre granite, Outcropping that has rock structures built on it.
2: Yeah, it's actually really really cool. We'll have to take a trip there because I don't think we you've never been there, right? No, mm-hmm. it's uh-huh. it's super cool. Yeah, it sounds like it's cool. like one of those. Um, what was it? Uh, unearthed or something like that. And they talk about it on like a bunch of different shows. But it's very like people think that it could be older than like the the Four timeline. Yeah, the, yeah, than the timeline that they've been given, just because it pretty much was, like, kind of almost, like, a sideshowy thing. thing, um, mm-hmm. obviously, like, when it was, like, Mystery Hill and, and that kind of stuff, and then, um, you know, people are still, well, just now kind of being, getting more focused on it and actually kind of trying to figure out, and, you know, when exactly this was built, and for, there's something about the solstices, right, that it, there's different the way that the sun comes in it goes through like a you know hole exactly on the summer solstice that shines a light onto almost like a calendar or something like that I on my know Yeah sorry. like Definitely. something Indiana Jones type shit mm. so that's why they think that mm-hmm. it that it's whatever astronomical mm-hmm. because they it had different and also on the winter solstice I believe it was mm. Too that it was they measured the things and like they're like it does this but it's still like I guess not like technical mm. yeah yeah absolutely interesting interesting yeah. next we're gonna get I know it's after Halloween but I figured that I'd keep it spooky for yeah. all you spooky kids out there um so. There's a place called the Three Chimneys Inn, and it's in Durham, New Hampshire. Um, so there's not a much of a history but it's like with the Three Chimneys Inn, because that was only recently founded, I think, in, like, 1998. So, um, but the structure is actually... Um, dates back to the 17th century and is on the register for historical places. It was originally built in 1649, making it the oldest standing home in the town of Durham and one of it, one of the oldest actually in New Hampshire. Um, the first owner was Valent- uh Valentine Hill, and uh, he was New England's leading 17th century entrepreneur. Um, It's uh, stated that um, on the 29th day of the ninth month, 1649, Valentine Hill and Thomas Beard were granted the fall of the Oyster River Company to set up a sawmill with accommodations of the timber for the mill. So that's what they're saying, like this structure was, is that they, you know, not only used it as a house, but other people were living in it as well. Um, So, there's the spiritual aspects to it. It's believed that uh, spirits, uh, or the spirit in this house is a spirit of a woman. Her name is Hannah, that drowned in the nearby Oyster River. Uh, Karen Meyer, who is the current innkeeper, stated that at the Three Chimneys Inn, um, and one night while working alone, she checked on the coppers' dining room. The music suddenly turned on and the air got heavy to the feel and she felt a hand on her shoulder um, and then she understandably ran out of the room and left for the night. Electrical equipment frequently doesn't work or behaves oddly and the doors will lock uh, by themselves. One employee saw a male spirit appear then fade away in the food and beverage office. Um, Hannah also seems to enjoy playing pranks on the overnight staff. Uh, she awoke one sleeping employee by pa- playing with her hair. Another was awoken by the sound of footsteps in the parlor, only to find upon investigating that the drawers of the filing cabinets, desks, and armoire were all opened exactly one inch. Whoa. Also, it said that Hannah doesn't like electronic devices, devices especially new ones um mm-hmm. she don't like that new technology yeah, no, no. phone. yeah so uh she when like people bring in conf- computers and stuff like that um or like new tvs and things that uh they often have a hard time using it and then once they take it out of there it works fine Uh
1: uh-uh. um
2: and that's the Three Chimneys Inn in Durham, New Hampshire. So, ooh, you, can get
1: yeah,
2: you can get married there. You can, you know, oh, it's very, it's, it's actually really beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. But anyways, <laughs> I'm not trying to sell you on the place. Oh,
0: yeah? It's definitely got are some you experience. About get
2: married there? I mean, I might. It's actually really expensive. You know, just weddings are expensive in yeah. general. Yeah. I don't have um, that type of money. We're getting married, and we're getting Olive Garden for everybody.
0: Well, I mean, you could always get married at Cochico Mills.
2: Oh, I actually know somebody that in- <laughs> lives there.
0: Yeah, Cochico Mills. All right. Uh, let me tell you about some things about that happened at Cochico Mills. Yeah, you tell us about that. We're going to bring Mills. it back to January 1907, um, where there was an incredible fire that took place in this cotton mill, which, like, by the way, in case nobody knew this, okay. the cotton is extremely <laughs> flammable. Thank you for bringing that okay. up. Okay. I was wondering about that. <laughs> it is extremely flammable. And as I'm sure you can imagine, in 1907, there was probably just not You know, as much common sense. But also, this couldn't have happened at a worse time. Right. um, Because they had the uh, sprinkler system turn off for repairs. Right. At the time. Coincidence?
2: Or insurance scheme?
0: (laughs) There was only one fire exit in the whole entire place. Um, A man
2: designed that building, that's all we're saying. But uh, they don't know if it was friction from machinery or human error or just human in general yep um but uh a really bad fire broke out what a coincidence a really bad
0: fire broke out and it started on the fourth floor um so many people that were on the top two levels actually like got like severely injured right
2: from jumping out window and, and jumping
0: window. out and like and trying to figure out how to get out because there was only one escape and this place like lit up i mean the um rescue teams were fighting those flames for like over 36 hours wow, wow yeah okay and like they had to keep taking like turns and their ladders couldn't reach the upper floors the top two floors which is where there's a lot a lot of interactions or and like a lot of things have been reported people have seen things people have heard things okay this place is uh notorious for uh its hauntings and you know spooky elements um there have been um uh, reports of hearing disembodied voices coming from the top two floors mm-hmm. uh people have even tried to like they've people have seen uh claimed that they see lights on the uh the top two floors mm-hmm. and sometimes in the basement and the place is completely boarded up um and like chained up yeah um, off limits yeah it's completely off limits So, as you can imagine, the police are pretty much annoyed every single time somebody claims that somebody's in the building, because then I have to remove all these boards and these chains to go into the building to find nothing in there.
2: Right. Um... Well, now it's apartments.
0: Yeah. Well, so yeah.
2: it's all, um, like, really, really expensive yeah.
0: apartments. Uh, but I can only imagine what those people are hearing, um, especially because one of the things I thought that was really interesting that a lot of people were saying they had experienced, it's the sound of heavy machinery operating. Well, and there were some people that were talking about how, like, you start hearing it and that it goes on for like three minutes and then it sounds like this really, 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 really loud machine starts taking over and it gets louder and louder and louder and then it just stops. Even though there hasn't yeah. been any type of mill operations happening in there.
1: Yeah, that's the crazy. So, that's insane.
0: You know, it's like they never really ever got that place back up and running, and, like, you know, so it's like there was nothing like that that was ever rebuilt in that place after those fires, which, surprisingly, or so they say, only six people perished. Oh. Hmm. That's what they were able to find.
2: Oh, which reminds me, this is not related to Kichiko Mills, but... I don't remember if we did a statement the last time about the deaths at Parsons Field Seminary, but apparently in the fires at Parsonsfield Seminary, nobody actually died.
0: Oh, yeah. So I just
2: wanted to, because um, somebody, or one of the uh, girls that we're friends with from uh, the Paranormal Five, she... Uh, you know, listen to the podcast, and she was like, yeah, just so you guys know. <laughs> so, just because we want to stay, obviously, as factual as possible. So, that yes. was that was RB, but sorry to ruin you, cut you short on Kachiko Mills. Yeah. But, yeah, only six people perish
0: in uh, Kachiko Mills. Wow. Yeah.
2: So, uh, that's that one.
1: Yeah, that's crazy. No, that was a... That was a spooky good story yeah and if anybody
2: lives in kachiko mills
0: apartments and, let yeah. us know yeah, like i'm hearing those it. two somebody voices or is how about worked? that machinery are the mills still running is <laughs> it
1: worth the two thousand a month or <laughs> so it's expensive so yeah And with that, I'm going to take us to Archer's Pond, located in Ossipee, New Hampshire, which is also within the same vicinity as Polly's Crossing. Now,
2: Mm.
1: Archer's Pond has been, for years, the has been reported a lot of ghostly activity and strange um, sightings. Um, I have a little plethora here of some of those uh, occurrences. One of them being a man named Archie who killed everyone in the village around Archer's Pond, and then supposedly threw the bo- excuse me, sorry, through the bodies into the pond. Archie then killed himself um, by hanging, and then it is said that the rope still appears on the property to this day, and his ghost can be seen walking around the pond with a shotgun in hand. Oh. <laughs> That's mm. pretty scary. Oh, spooky. Archie. And then there is another uh, strange occurrence where people have seen old lanterns being lit in the woods near Archer's Pond and Polly's Crossing at night. Mm. <gasps> I know. Spooky. Oh, terrifying. Oh. And then there is another where. Polly's Crossing, well, this is, you know, this is uh, Polly's Crossing, obviously, but I still thought it was pretty interesting, Where is named after a girl named Polly that was hit by a train there, and it said yeah. that her screaming can still be heard at night. Yikes! Yes. And not then, a good
2: thing. I'll just Yikes. share
1: one more little rumor It says that... Are you talking
2: about my shoes, or are you talking about
1: Polly? No, i talking about Orchard. <laughs> and then... Uh, Another rumor says that there's a man named Archer who was walking on a frozen pond and fell through the ice, and his body was never found, and in honor of the man, the townspeople named him Archer.
0: Oh. So he's not a Sagittarius? No, not a
1: Sagittarius.
0: (laughs) He's actually a Leo. (laughs)
1: Uh, yeah, that's Archer's pond. I mean, there's just there's a whole whole list of uh, occurrences that happen there. So, cool. Yeah, yeah very interesting. Very interesting. Very interesting. Mm-hmm. very interesting. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, with that, <laughs> I say that. So.
0: <laughs>
2: um So, next, we're going to move on to Coos County and talk about the Wood Devils. Oh, the Wood Devils. Wood Devils. So, pretty much, uh, the Wood Devils are along the same lines as, like, a slender Bigfoot. It's a tall creature that, like, kind of, like... Hides behind trees and... Also wears
1: a tuxedo. He does not
2: wear a tuxedo. That is actually false. Fake news.
1: <laughs> um,
2: but he, like, a lot of people who experience um, these wood devils in um, Pittsburgh, New Hampshire, they talk about seeing, like, a six-plus foot creature that's very, very thin. Like... <laughs> To the point where it all, like it pretty much, like, lays against trees or, like, hides behind, like, trees yeah. so that you can't see it. So a lot of people will, like, feel like they're being watched. Then all of a sudden they'll, like, kind of see something out of their corner of their eye, which is, like, one of these things. And it just, like, moves to the other side of the tree so you can't see it. So, like, <laughs> yeah. people could be ridiculously close to these creatures and not even know that, you know, they're actually you know, even seeing what they're seeing just because they have such... They're, like, such good at, you know, kind of, like, the art of illusion, and they know Mm kind of where to stand so that they aren't being seen. Yikes. So, um... These motherfuckers. Yeah, I mean, there necessarily hasn't been any, like, you know, attacks, which I think is funny because if they're, they're called wood devils, so, like, we would assume that they're, like, kind of, like, an evil thing, but in yeah. some of the folklore, um, associated with wood devils, because, like, it's not obviously just from New Hampshire, but a lot of times that they're actually known for stealing children. So, you know, Ooh. make sure if you're in the Woods of Pittsburgh, New Hampshire, or Pitts... Wait, was it Pittsburgh? What did I say? <laughs> Pittsburgh. Yeah, New it Hampshire. is Pittsburgh, New Pittsburgh. Hampshire. Yep. And Pittsfield's lower. That's, this is, like, yeah, yeah, well, yeah, it's lower down. And then this is, like, really close to, like, the Canadian-New Hampshire border. Yikes. So, definitely, you know, they have watch your kids. Watch your wife. The wood devils maybe are out there. I mean, you should
1: watching your kids anyway, not well, yeah, just because yeah. of the spectral being that. Well
0: just Oh, it might be a Bigfoot out. Mara. Yeah. 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 It could be Bigfoot, you know. But uh I'm gonna talk to you guys now and talk about uh the last woman thing to New Hampshire. Oh, okay.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Alright. Um uh, I'm
1: He's gonna good. talk
0: about Ruth Bly. Oh. Uh setting the scene in seventeen sixty eight. All right. Um mm-hmm. Ms. Bly is also a notorious ghost spirit that haunts the South Street Cemetery, Ooh. Uh, but I'll come back to that. Um, Ms. Bly, she was, uh, she was a school teacher. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think she was uh, 25 years old uh, when this incident happened, um, and uh, she got pregnant out of wedlock. Oh. A couple of people actually knew she was, she tried to hide it, mm-hmm. um, and then of course, you know, as she started to show, it became more obvious, you know, they didn't want her involved in the church anymore, you know, because they're like, look at this woman who's not even married, but she has a child growing within her, Right, I ain't having that shit. You know, parents were like, I don't know how I feel about having my child taught by that harlot, you know? Um, Yeah,
2: God forbid.
0: You know, like, some people were looking down on her. People are very gossipy and everything. Um, June 10th, 1768, uh, Miss Broughton. Miss Ruth here. Uh, unfortunately, gave birth to a stillborn. Oh, Um She was devastated
2: and heartbroken. Right. Um. Reasonably so. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And um, but because she she didn't know what to do at that time, and she was trying to hide the pregnancy, so she uh, took the infant child, wrapped it up in a quilt. Mm-hmm. And she hid it in this barn until she was emotionally ready to actually give it a proper burial and deal with it. You know, because she clearly was actually excited to have her child, Mm -hmm. despite what the town's views were. Right. Mm -hmm. But she kept it hidden um, or did her best. Right. To keep it hidden, even though people discussed it. But, um, you know, um, she was trying to wait until the time was right, and she was going to give her a proper burial. But, unfortunately, a five-year-old Betsy Pettingal was doing what kids do. Yep. You know, and she was exploring, and her we'll talk uncle. talk about that again later. Yeah, her <laughs> uncle. Uh, you know, lived around the corner, and so she's running around being five years old, and she see she goes into that barn, and she finds the quilt. Now, supposedly, Betsy Pattingell lived to be a hundred and five years old.
1: Oh,
2: mm-hmm. damn!
0: Yeah, and I apparently so even into her old age, uh, she always talked about the horrors of the discovery. Wow. Mm. Um, because now I don't know, how, like how long it had been, right? Um, But she, you know, she grabbed that quilt, which had
2: the baby, her the stillborn born, child yeah. mm-hmm. that was in it. So, and depending to obviously, like when the baby actually like died, yeah. it yes. could be underdeveloped or yep. have a, a lot of abnormal, abnormal yes.
1: abnormalities.
0: So. Of course, that would be traumatizing for any Uh, five-year-old to find, Like any
1: person. Yeah.
0: Um, So, of course, she went and told her uncle. And the uncle called the authorities. And all the townspeople thought to themselves, Well, we all do think that Ruth Bly was pregnant. Let's go see what's going on. Right. So they all showed up at her doorstep, and of course... You could tell that she had given birth. Right. So, I don't know how familiar you guys are with the English laws that were established at that time, but concealing a birth was a big time no no,
1: i did not know
0: that so they immediately when they saw that she was not pregnant they immediately arrested her charging her with concealing the birth of a bastard child in order to hide its existence which was a crime that was punishable by by death
2: yep I mean, technically, if you're mm-hmm. a woman, yeah. I was going okay yes. to say, if you're a, war, you're a woman, everything you do is punishable by death. I was yes. going to say,
1: this shit's still happening today, though. Right. Like. Well, she tried to explain
0: to them. She tried to tell them that she wasn't trying to hide its existence. She was just waiting until she was emotionally ready yeah. to give it a proper burial. Right. And explain. I
1: know, it's like... You know,
0: so part of the townspeople hearing her story were like god oh, this is this is sad, upsetting yeah. this is sad I feel bad for this woman how' say other that. people were like she's just a She's just a tramp, like right, basically, yeah. you know. I mean, They're yeah, like, she's obviously it's she was trying day. to hide it, like she just didn't want us to know what happened. Right. They, and they started to say that she killed the child, that it wasn't born, stillborn. Right. Yet there were multiple people that were like, well, clearly you can
2: tell. Yeah. Yeah. This yeah. was Fucking a idiots.
0: stillborn.
2: Well, yeah, because obviously, I mean, yeah. women can tell because I'm sure a lot of women in that time, obviously, like. The birth, yeah, something. birth mm-hmm. rate, birth rate wasn't as high as it is they now. They were obviously. like,
0: clearly, this was a stillborn. You know, so like, um, originally they were going, like, she was in a trial all, like, she was in jail all summer long, and then she was tried and convicted in the fall, and then they were going to set the date for her to be hanged. On November 24th, 19, uh, 1768. Oh. But people were so upset with how uh, the incident was actually inf- inf- like you know unfortunate, yeah. a lot more people believed Right. that it was a stillborn incident so they all The townspeople started feeling extremely guilty Mm -hmm. for how they were perceiving her about the whole entire situation. So they were writing all kinds of letters and going to, like, town officials. Oh, I almost just put the laptop on, buddy. You know, know, because they were feeling bad with the crime that she was being charged with numerous people were like, no, like, we can't do this to this poor woman. Right. We can't do this to this woman. So it ended up pushing everything further back. But there was one dickhead of a guy named Sheriff Thomas uh, Pat, uh, Patcher.
2: May he rot in hell. Yep. Yeah.
0: Okay. This bastard, right, you know. Like he was like, God ah, like I don't believe that I think it's a crock of shit, blah 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 blah. So like, you know, eventually of course they like, you know, they push the date back and they are able to buy her some time. But then on December thirtieth of seventeen sixty eight, when she was convicted, um, she was going to be hanged noontime that day. Mm-hmm. But Sheriff Thomas Patcher was um, basking in his, he was about to be, she was going to be his third. Hanging of a woman mm-hmm. in his career.
2: Someone had mummy issues. He
0: had. He had. Take, right. He had taken great pride in the hanging of Sarah Simpson and Penelope Kenny oh, in 1739. But supposedly they killed an entire family. Damn. I mean, um, we'll so, have to
2: research a little bit. More yeah, about
0: that. but he decided to hang her at 10 a.m. Instead of 12. Because he didn't want his dinner to get cold. Oh. And then... This happens. A judge started going over everything again.
1: Yeah.
0: And he decided that she was not to be hanged. But she was already hung. But she was already hung. My
1: fucking poor woman.
0: Um, and because they were gonna pardon her. And the townspeople were furious, and they showed up at Sheriff Thomas's yeah, house,
2: but they didn't
0: kill him, because he lived to the ripe age of 63, I think.
2: No. Like we said, may he rot in hell. Yep. yep.
0: And, um... And so after that, um, like you know, the, people are so outraged and like the unjustly hanged and is often looked at as the reason why Ruth Blay haunts the South Street Cemetery,
2: which is also haunted, right? Yes, but also
0: was the original uh, hangman's gallows. Oh, so she died
2: they, where there. Yep.
0: And a lot of people claim to hear her screams because that was something that was reported is as, as they were bringing her to be hanged, she screamed from the cart, a whole entire stretch down from the jail right, yeah. to the gallows. And um, 25 years later, they changed the law against the concealment of a child out of wedlock. Oh.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, twenty
0: five years later because of that situation.
2: Yeah. Well, I mean, at least they changed it. Obviously. Yeah, it may have taken twenty five years. I mean, obviously, but they're still it happened fighting for reproductive rates. But yeah.
0: that's the sense. Yeah. So that's the tale about that. So if you ever find yourself at the South Street Cemetery, mm. uh, you might find yourself, uh, you know, running into. Mm. Uh, Play and you might even yeah. hear her cries and i forget what the name of this uh museum is i'll have to look it up and i'll put it in
1: yeah please. uh the
0: page but um they have the quilt
1: oh, oh really oh. wow yes they
0: do have the quilt it's in a uh it's in a museum
1: wow
0: that had oh, her that's, child
1: that's haunting
0: mm-hmm
2: Yeah, nothing like having the dead baby blanket just in a museum. Yeah.
1: I mean, you know, there's a whole bunch of stuff there.
2: Yeah. I mean, that's what museums are for, right? That is.
1: Yeah. yeah. What are you going to talk about, Mara? (laughs) Well, I'm going to be talking about Smutty Nose Island, which was Mm. formerly known as Smutty Nose, and it is a part of the Isle of Shoals, And it's located off the coast of New Hampshire, but it's also part of Maine, so...
2: Well, yeah, technically it's, like, part... It is, I think it's technically, like, part of Maine, but Mm -hmm.
1: yeah. And it got its name Smutty Nose because some fishermen noticed that um, on the end of it, it was covered with seaweed, and they're like, huh, it looks like a Smutty Nose of a sea animal. Oh. Mm. Interesting, interesting. It is. And then... At the site of Smutty Nose was two infamous murders. One taking place in 1873, where two Norwegian women, Karen and I'm going to botch this by Aneth, 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 no Aneth, <laughs> and then the, sorry, sorry, uh, were strangled, and one was struck with a hatchet. And then there's a third woman, who, her name was Marin, but she escaped and hid on the island at a place that is now called Marin's Rock. Oh, and fitting. Marin was the only witness to these murders, and she identified a German born fisherman, Louis Wadner, as the murderer. Mm. And he was tried and convicted, and then despite him saying that he was not guilty um he was mm -hmm, paid to consequence and um even to this day some people still believe that he was innocent
2: he wasn't (laughs) yeah they they actually made a movie where Marin um was the murderer actually and she had killed them
1: but um mm-hmm. are you going to talk about why i was going to say that he was hunted down hunted down after leaving the island and then he was arrested in boston and then he was taken back to portsmouth and ten thousand um, angry townspeople had awaited him at the train station and they pretty much followed him up to the police station saying lynch him kill him and then he was brought back to Alfred Maine for the trial, and then he was sent right because to death.
2: Isle, or because of the Bunny Nose Island, like you said, is technically yeah. part of Maine. Yeah. Which they found out later because they always thought it was part of New Hampshire.
1: And get this, he was um so when he when he was condemned to death, like he broke out of jail, and then he went back to New Hampshire. But then he was, you know, they got him again, and then they brought him to the gallows at Thomason State Prison. Mm. And uh, the Smutty Nose Island Murders and this whole shebane with uh, Wadner was covered in uh, Return to Smutty Nose Island book by Emirate Spooner, if you folks are interested. Yeah. And it's said that the Smutty Nose, you know, for your, for those brewing, I don't know, I'm just dying right now. Uh, <laughs> those brewing experts, the Smutty Nose Island is the source name of Smutty, News, uh, Smutty Nose Brewing Company. In yes. Of Smith, New, yes, New
2: yes, that is also true. Uh, I think actually, what's super interesting about because I know do know a little bit about the crime itself. So the reason why these women were killed was because the guy, um, what is Louise? He was knew that the husband because like it was this was back obviously. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, So he went to go like he knew just the women were home, so he went to go rob the house, thinking that you know the a they're not going to be in the kitchen where he thought the money was and then b because he actually had worked for the family and was actually living yeah and was living next door and then i can't remember whether it was marin or the husband john he um one of their family members like the uh their sister or like their cousin and the wife came over from um norwegia um and norway, norway. no I well, it's
1: don't. pretty interesting you know, <laughs> um, and her well, husband john they were at the time in 18 to see. they're like the only people living on somebody knows Island. Right.
2: well there was a hotel at the far side of the island which Maren's sister worked at i believe and um she actually was staying there but she had gotten fired so she was one of the people who was killed because mm-hmm. and the only reason Marin even knew that it was Louise was because when um the one girl was getting attacked she was like Louise please don't do her like kept saying yeah um, like something along those lines so that's how she because um, she never actually saw that it was Louise and that's kind of why too that her story is kind of like Mm. Oh, and then people a lot of times will say that oh well he couldn't have rowed between Portsmouth and to back to the island and back in the amount of time. But like also he was a fucking fisherman yeah, like, yeah. that's what he did like he rowed would row every day yeah and he, like you know what I mean the just the circumstances were you know whatever and the the reason he ended up getting convicted was because he actually had stole like what thirty dollars or something something along those lines like a very little bit of money but obviously back then it was still like a a decent amount of money and then he went to boston and bought like a new suit and like you know got all this nice stuff and then that's (laughs) that's when they picked (laughs) him up is like (laughs) he tried to like buy a ticket to go somewhere else and
0: then then they like, caught him. Where did this guy get champagne? St- taste with like well, that, a wallet, right? <laughs> exactly. That was
2: the thing. Is that people reported that he was like super lazy and like pretty much the reason that he was trying to rob them was so that he could run away and start a new life because like the uh, yeah. John was a fisherman and they fished differently than everybody. They did individual baited lines. Versus how somebody would drop, like, one baited line, but he would drop, like, a hundred hooks all at once that were baited on the same thing so that they were getting more fish. And a lot of the fishermen, um, that was also a thing, is that he could have very possibly had more enemies that it could have very possibly have not been Luis. But, I mean, I think that with all the evidence of the case that most definitely it was him because he was found with the amount of money that was stolen. You know what I mean? Like he was an alcoholic, like all kinds of other stuff. So Mm -hmm. he definitely had the motive. He was the only other person pretty much knew that they were going to pick up this bait that they needed for the next day and like stuff like that. And he was supposed to help them. And then he never ended up showing up, but instead his wife and his family gets robbed, you know what I mean? And then yeah, It's crazy. It's very crazy. Very, very crazy. All right. Um, Yeah. All right. And continuing on, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, Bigfoot or... The shy man, if you will, um, in New Hampshire. So, he's a it, shy guy. Huh? Yeah, he is. He likes. He's a shy boy. Um, <laughs> shy
1: white boy. And there's actually a
2: documentary
1: um, a song called "Shy White Boy." I swear, it's like right three summer. And she's a wonderful singer. Check it out. She's a powerful woman. I, you know, I'm still being serious. You know, check out her album. Very good.
2: You can actually watch the documentary on. <laughs> Uh, YouTube, I believe it's called Sasquatch Out of the Shadows, Shy Man of the White Mountains, mm-hmm. and it was made by um, Alex Petikoff. I don't know if I'm pronouncing his last name wrong, so I apologize in advance. I doubt he listens to the podcast anyway, so I'm moving forward. <laughs> <laughs> he is actually he's very active in like uh, the cryptozoology community, makes a lot of uh, really awesome content, so I definitely recommend. Mm-hmm checking out his channel, like I said, it's called Sasquatch Out of the Shadows, uh, and I know he's been doing some cool cool stuff during quarantine as far as, like, interviews with Lauren Coleman. Yeah. And, you know,
0: mm.
2: um, Jeff Meldrum, a whole bunch mm. of other really cool um, people who are involved in, uh, you know, the Bigfoot yeah. uh, community.
1: He, I was about to say, he's also doing back to his community. He just went to the library in um, Guilford, New Hampshire, where our grandparents live. And he did, like, a show for... Some kids and other patrons, supposedly. So that's very nice. I like that.
2: Yeah, most definitely. Um, But so Shyman is kind of like the Native American, um, what they kind of called Bigfoot, I guess, in this area. Yeah. Um, But so like I was saying, there's 13 or sorry, 16 Bigfoot sightings. The most recent one was, I believe, in 2016. Yes. 2016. Um, in Hillsborough, or, well, in Hillsborough County, um, and it's very interesting, because there's actually, like, a decent amount of, you know, Bigfoot sightings, obviously, in that community, because there is so many mountains, and even the community that my our grandparents live in, one of the first mm-hmm. things, um, once they moved up there, was they had a Bigfoot sighting in their community. And
1: they thought I was crazy. <laughs> God, was, it? was so Oh, hard. guys, guys, I'm sorry. I, I realized it was Curious White Boy. It was not Shy White Boy. Oh, okay. I apologize
0: about that. Yeah, so we have to make sure that we have but, that.
1: <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> Most definitely <clears throat> check out, um, like I said, Alex's stuff and on his, yes. you know, support mm-hmm. local and also, you know.
1: Yeah. Keep an eye you know, out. Bigfoot by...
2: could be in your own backyard and may not
1: true. even know it.
0: Yeah, He's you never just, know. Just, just a shy guy. He he's is just a shy guy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I'm going to talk about something that's definitely not as shy. Well, um, bring it on. Yeah. I'm going to talk about these things the that are, all all you know, probably anywhere from five feet plus... Oh. Depending on which ones you see Oh interesting um, It's also got uh, Long pointy ears Ooh. Can come off As either like a grayish Brown color um, They have long Arms Dark eyes A short tail covered in hair mm. and They're also extremely Aggressive
2: Wow oh. Um, I think that's what gives them their names, probably. Yeah,
0: I'm talking about them, devil monkeys. Watch Ooh,
1: out!
0: The devil monkeys. The devil
1: monkeys. Bend yeah. devil uh, monkey, come down.
0: You know, is
1: it a cryptid? Is
0: it a primate? Uh, you know, mm-hmm. I have to say it's definitely both. Cool. Um,
1: but there have been yeah.
0: claims to this beast uh, since like the 1950s till uh, even current day. Yeah. Um, you know, these uh, these are definitely creatures uh, that you would not want to no. encounter. Um, many, um, <clears throat> many scientists and wildlife specialists do not deny the existence of these frightening primates, and uh, they always suggest that they should be considered highly dangerous and not anything you'd want no. To encounter or hope uh, to run into. You don't want to so, even so, uh, <laughs>
2: Do you want to go look for the? <laughs> <cases? It's laughs> Danville, that's not too far from where I live.
0: Yeah, yeah well, I yeah. Know. I was about to talk yeah, about those cool. incidents in Danville. So, um, we're gonna go to September of 2001, when over a dozen people had reported to see this uh, creature. They all were so calling awful. into. <laughs> they were all calling into like wildlife places. You know, calling the police and calling local authorities. Several people were making claims that they were seeing this large animal,
1: mm-hmm.
0: up to eight feet. Okay, and people were freaking mm-hmm. out about this, and they were um, there were search parties that um, were looking for it. Like there were all kinds of specialists that were looking for this beach all over um. A lot of claims were in Pleasant Street and Kingston Road. Yeah. And that's where people were saying that they were seeing this uh, animal running about. And many locals were very nervous about the size of the animal. You know, like, there was, like, you know, know, all kinds of claims coming from all kinds of different people. uh, You know, so it was making everybody pretty nervous. It was creating quite a stir. Matter of fact... NBC had sent a news crew out there because of all the paper articles and Mm -hmm. everything that were going about and all of the reports over within the week's time of like all these search parties that were out looking for this animal all over the place eventually became like a statewide investigation because of how many reports were being made of seeing this animal.
2: Right. Yeah.
0: Um, but those reports were never aired. Oh. Huh. Um. A lot of the crew decided that they were never going to talk about
2: hmm. anything. Um. So maybe they found something, and the government told them. They to keep never their mouth explained
0: up? what they did find, and so like you know, a lot of it's always been up to speculation. Some people say they didn't find anything at all.
2: Some people say it's aliens. Some yeah. Some people say, some NASCAR NASCAR people say that.
0: Yeah. It could it. be the NASCAR aliens. I'm telling you, they're everywhere. Yeah. They really are. They're so fast, you don't even see them coming. Um, but, you know, the uh, the history of the devil monkeys has been going on, and it's not just limited to New Hampshire. It's quite uh, quite widespread in various areas of the United States, and it even goes all the way down to Tennessee. Oh. Where there's actually been quite more, a lot more recent reports and um, claims of these devil monkeys. But, Ooh. you know, they've uh, been... You know, in various areas of the Appalachians, and um, <clears throat> yeah, so I, have I mean, to definitely
2: say, interesting because yeah, I also yeah. did a little bit of research on them and. Like uh, it was. It's weird because a lot of people saw them. You know yeah. what I mean? And like, they it's a lot a of lot like credible people. Not even. It wasn't even like the rednecks in New Hampshire that were like. Yeah, well, I
0: tell you what, you. don't want to go
2: down that road. Yeah,
0: and it's like There's you monkeys know, down that road. A lot of a lot large. of like scientists and wildlife experts have not denied claims of, or like not denied the existence right. of these creatures. They even talk about like the description the behavioral type that's why it's like it, that's why I do refer to them as a primate more than even a cryptid right I can understand that people want to call them just because of the way well I mean I think appearance. technically yeah.
2: it, it still is it, it could be a cryptid is. because it's still unknown it's not known to science right. they have yeah. an idea uh, versus, So, you know, obviously, because it's it like the... It could
0: be a cousin of Bigfoot. Right? You I know? mean, obviously, like,
2: they, we got Shyman. We got the Wood Devils. We got the Devil yeah, Monkeys. You know, got, the they just Yeah, I mean, who knows? Or these are just all extra, yeah. like, dimensional beings that... Transport in and out of areas, but they're very violent.
0: They're yeah, very, so, very yeah. violent, I mean, very aggressive. So, uh, so a you're lot saying
2: of, you don't
0: want to go and look? <laughs> I don't like. You know, it's like mm-hmm. I don't know. It's like we might as well just also take a trip to the, uh, you know, like trying to go find I mean. some baboons. Uh,
1: we, oh, geez. I I mean, like, yeah, you want to
0: face or off or a baboon? Like I that's like the nature I mean, I'm gonna of the bring my bat.
1: I bring. Back. I was about to say, like, I mean, just monkeys and apes are scary by themselves. Just like, cause you always hear those stories about chimpanzees ripping off people's faces. Like, yeah, I, well, they go for the most, dope, right. like, like you know, of Like, I'm pretty much just counting my death wish. I'm like, holy. Fuck. So <laughs> yeah.
0: like, I'm <laughs> that's why I'm like, I definitely don't want
2: to find no devil monkey. Yeah, <laughs> I think we should still go. I and mean, what like come over, ever. rip a titty off, like, I'm a whole shit. When we talk about Vermont, i want no. to look for the pig
1: man
0: pig, 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 pig
1: man <laughs> pig you know it's not Peru related but there's this little antidote
0: no.
1: <laughs> it's that's a short antidote <laughs> I was watching this movie called sleeping dog's Lie. beautiful movie beautiful movie okay, but anyway I'm so this it's,
2: no. yeah. <laughs>
1: it's, 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 it's not related it is it, yeah. I'm into it so <laughs> Like Branch was saying, you know who Brian was saying is he's like a comedian. Yep, yep. So yep. he told this story, but it's based on his own experience where he was on a movie and there is a monkey and a dwarf or a little person. I'm not sure. I'm sorry if that's the correct term terminology. But anyway, so the dwarf finds out that the monkey's said, and he's like about to lose his shit. He's like, No, I'm I'm not fucking working with the monkey. <laughs> he was making a big deal out of it. So we <laughs> Because <laughs> he was afraid
2: of it <laughs> Right. I mean, I would be afraid too. It's like, mm-mm. all right, Mara. Why don't you talk about what we're actually here to talk I about? So about the <laughs> the <on> yeah. <laughs> the Chase
1: House, Chase yeah. House in Middleton New Hampshire, and this house has quite a lot of history. If you know what I mean, it actually does. All right here and I'm just bringing up my notes yep in Portsmouth this house was built in the late 19th century as a home for orphaned children Oh, would eventually become a court appointed though the house became eventually a court appointed children's home and there is one of the legends of a young girl who hung herself in her room and can now be seen late at night in the hallway and when she's approached she reported re- reportedly runs away and vanishes within thin air and some say they've heard her screams come from inside her former room former room interesting and it says that doors will lock on their own lights ceiling fans will just turn on and off for no reason and uh and within recent decades, they have moved from, you know, the orphanage model because there's really no angle anymore. I'm just saying that's really awful. And it now serves as just one of the four residential treatment homes for children and youth oh. between 11 to 18. And apparently it's a 24-7 um, home care for kids in the toughest of circumstances. So that's great. Yeah. But, yeah, still
2: obviously, like, kind of. Oh, not obviously great history because no. it has a lot of kids that yeah. are mistreated. Obviously, mm-hmm. coming to this place where, especially as you know, depending on kind of what you believe is for, is not just um, like paranormal. There's things, been a lot of
0: people that have like even been. I was noticing that uh, some of the information I was finding in my research when I came across this is that even a lot of former employees. They also they'll talk about it with you but they don't like to give their name. Yeah. Right. Um, like I came across a couple of things where it was like people that were still actively working there, um that but they didn't want to like give their name and they didn't want to like give too much information about themselves for it to reflect onto them just because like, you know, people people are still working there.
1: Yeah.
0: And a lot of people are very uncomfortable working there because of the amount of activity
2: right mm-hmm. yeah i mean i definitely think that um you know obviously where with all these children being in kind of the same place and it's mm-hmm. kind of kind of stayed the same thing even though it wasn't yeah like from an orphanage mm-hmm. to like a you know child's of pretty much like yeah. home oh. um You know, I think it's just there's obviously a lot of things that I'm sure that happen because obviously all these damaged children are living together, so there's things are bound to happen, you Mm -hmm. know. So that's just sad, obviously. Hopefully, uh, you know what I mean? Like, I hope they have somebody that comes and like (laughs) tries and moves things on for them a little bit. Right. Right,
1: right, right. Oh yeah, that wraps up the Chase House. It's just a short, sad story. Well, that's what we like to keep here. Nice, sad sad, sad short, sad deep story. Um all
2: right. So I didn't bring my notes with me because I'm a terrible person. So um I apologize. (laughs) If this goes, if I rant and go on little side things because I forget, I mean forget. it can't be
1: worse. Than no, there's me. like, well,
2: there's a lot of like information, so that's why I was like, Yeah. Um, but this is about the Bear Brook Murders, or it's also called the Allentown Four. And in 1985, uh, there's these two, or these kids were playing a game, and they discovered a canister, like a 55-gallon drum. They knock it over. They say that this terrible smell comes from it, and then they see this white liquid, so they kind of are like, oh, it's old milk. So they just leave it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And um, then later, hunters of that same year stumble upon it and they peek inside and they find the body of a woman and a young girl. Um, like, uh, they think the woman was in her early 20s and the girl was. Um, around 7, some mm. somewhere around there. So they look into these murders and they um, – pretty much it becomes a cold case. Nothing happens. Nothing. Mm. They don't turn up anything for years. And then later in <clears> – <throat> uh, let's see. In 2000, uh, they go back to the – so 15 years after they first find them, they go back to the scene of the crime – and they kind of, one of the officers is poking around, and he finds another barrel about a 100 yards away from the first barrel wow. that has two bodies of two young girls of 11 months and oh. two to four years old. Four babies. Yeah. And oh so now they're like, how did we miss this? How did you know, we find this one barrel because they're there is the same barrel. So now they're like, oh, my God, are we dealing with a serial killer? Is this a dumping site? Like, so now, yeah. you know, they start to um, question, you know, kind of what's going on. So pretty much that ends up turning, <clears throat> like, into a dead end as well. They can't figure out. They end up figuring out later that um, the woman and the little girl are related um, whether it's like maternally. So either it's her sister or it could be her mom or her aunt, something along those lines. Mm-hmm. And then later they find out that the other two girls are not related in the other barrel. Um, but one of the girls is related to the other three. So three of them are related. One of them is not related in the barrel. Mm-hmm. And um, what kind of ignites so this is where this is what i'm talking about it what ignites kind of the search for this other um so like they don't really get any leads until this woman decides um when she was younger she was pretty much given to a family and then put into foster care eventually she just decides that she wants to find out who she actually is so she does this um like 23 and Me something along those lines and they end up finding out who she is turns out that the story behind how she got into the care was she was living with this man named um well he so he has a couple of different aliases at this point i think it's curtis kimball he was going under and he had this young girl in a trailer park in california and the people that they were um like living around like they had granddaughter around her same age so she would come over and play a lot and they kind of noticed that she wasn't being cared for very well so they were like and he kind of was like yeah her mom died of cancer so you know i'm kind of like i know i'm not a good dad like you know it's hard for me to you know take care of her and stuff like that so um, they end up like working out this thing where they were like their daughter or some, something like that um, was unable to get pregnant. So she was going to like adopt the little girl who was like roughly around the same age as um, her other daughter. I think she was only like four or five at this time, or some maybe a little bit older than that. Um, and so she ends up going with this family. And then as she's spending time with them, they notice that she's like. They've been, like, very heavily molested and all this, like, she's showing all these signs of oh. all this other things. So they go back to the, you know, bring her back to the trailer park, and he's gone. So um, they, like I said, that they were going to try and adopt her and stuff like that, but because they never signed the paperwork, they couldn't keep her, so she ended up going to the system. And then um, later in life, she decides that, okay, I finally want to know who I am. So the thing that links Curtis Kimball to this whole case is that he was going under a different alias at the time when he was in, um, whatchamacallit, uh, uh, New Hampshire. He was going under the surname Bob Evans, and he um, was dating this woman who at the time had a six month old daughter and she went missing and nobody ever reported her. Cause she had had a falling out and they went to a, wow. uh, like a Christmas. I can't remember if it's a Christmas or Thanksgiving party. And so she, they go to this party and then she kind of has a falling out with her family because they don't like him. Cause he's sketchy. Like, and so she's like, whatever, like, I'm just not going to talk to you. So then nobody ever reported her missing. And then, to find out that she's the little girl that is was this woman's daughter who they never even knew that she was missing and you know it kind of brought a lot of closure but it's what links it's the this is like kind of the crazy part what links him to um the case and then flash forward uh to or flashback a little bit. So, he ends up dying in police custody in 2010. So, by the time they figure this out, he's already dead. And the reason he's in police custody is because he ended up killing his wife at the time um who was a um I don't want to say botanist because I wasn't a botanist, but she was had some type of science background and she was like very bright and so she ends up kind of pulling away for her family because the same thing happens she goes to christmas with him and then they're kind of like he's kind of like sketchy and they met from him doing yard work on her mm-hmm. house so she ends up like pulling away from her family as well and then she's supposed to go on business and her one friend notices that she hasn't you know been getting contact so pretty much she's like putting all this pressure on him she's like where is she where is she where is she he's like oh it keeps changing a story like oh he's in she's in Oregon oh she's in Washington now and she's like visiting her family in North Carolina and so she's like if you don't like if I don't have a message from her by the time that I get back then I'm going to call the police so she ends up calling the police and the police go over to do a fare check and they end up finding her body uh dismembered in a pile of cat litter oh, in the fuck. garage and it's pretty much mummified at this point oh, so fuck. they bring him in for questioning um, or like he gets arrested and they end up finding out that this man um, who so like I said I apologize if I'm confusing these because I don't have my notes directly Um in front of me but um <laughs> this is fucking wild yeah, yeah so wild. his yeah. real name is terry Resmussen, and he was um he has like multiple aliases and um stuff say, like that either
0: way it sounds like a guy that can't be trusted
2: right so <laughs> he has all these aliases Robert Bob Evans, Curtis Kimball, Gordon Jensen, Larry Vanner, Jerry Mockerman. So he's been going through his life, like, kind of, they call him the chameleon killer. So he ends up getting picked up on these charges. And um, they're able to link him to, once they find out all these analysts, or you know what I mean, because before it used to take weeks to get fingerprints back so Mm -hmm. he pretty much the last time he got picked up because he did end up serving some time for abandoning a child when Mm -hmm. they eventually caught him um because he had stolen a car like a couple years later and so he did serve some time and they actually ended up lessening the charge they like dropped out the molestation so he just got abandoning a child which is bullshit you know yeah um, so he did the time for that. So then they're able to trace him to the area because obviously that woman went missing from Manchester, New Hampshire, 1985. Um, and then turns out, like I said, this part's kind of PC. We might just have to rerecord. <laughs> um, but they end up finding out after years and years that he's the killer. So 2016, they find out that he's the killer, but he's been dead since 2010. Yeah. Um, and then they eventually uh, find out that the identities of the missing girls. So the woman was Lee's Honeychurch, and she was 24 years old at the time of death. Mm-hmm. The other girl was her daughter, Marie Vaughn, and then the littlest one... Was also her daughter Sarah McWalters, and she was around 11 months old when she died. And then, so they were all related, and then the other girl wasn't related to them, but when they traced her DNA to Rasmussen, that was his child.
0: Oh
2: my god. Oh my god so what a monster right exactly and so and there's all these other so they don't know what happened to and there's a lot of other like i said there's some other things that um i'm sure that i forgot in this but um like he's just like pretty much like there's all these missing pretty much all these women go missing and they kind of Um, you know, still to this day, aren't really sure, because obviously he's dead, and he never really committed, like, he was always, would just be like, okay, yeah, he'd take whatever the the sentence was, because they didn't, he didn't want them digging around in his past, but Mm -hmm. thankfully, and this, like, just happened, they just found, like, in 2019, the identities of these people, so they finally know who they are, and the woman that actually did it was, um, Barbara Ray Vetter, who's most famously known for the, um, Sacramento, sac- uh, not the Sacramento vampire, um, the Golden State Killer, the uh, one that, uh, the famous rapist, yeah, 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 yep. yeah, yeah. and, um, if she, um, the first time that, that, inf- like, the DNA stuff was used, mm. um... The forensic DNA was used in this case, was on, you know, the Bear Brook murders, which put in place. And if she never would have started on this, then she never probably would have gotten yeah. recruited for yeah. the Golden State killer case, which um, now that guy is obviously rotting in jail. Yeah. Um, But <clears throat> it's definitely, there's a whole podcast that breaks it down, does a lot better of a job. Cause like I said, there's like so many alternate timelines, so many different. Uh, identities that he has and um, mm. it's like there's so many things the yeah. whole, right, exactly. whole can of worms right there right exactly it's just it goes so deep
1: oh, but you brought it all together nicely you know in a nice package so yeah thank you
2: yeah. despite whether you, despite think Andrew you... grabbing the wrong notes
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> well uh, we want to talk about disappearing without a trace I'm going to go into the story of the Colbaths. Oh. Um, or, like, you know, Ruth Colbath, uh, who was also known as the woman who waited. Oh. And she was also the first postmistress um, in their town. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Um, but uh, it's a story about Tom and Ruth Colbath. Uh, they lived in a really simple farmhouse, which uh, Tom, his family, had uh, owned for a long time, which he eventually inherited. Mm. Um, but uh, on a late, late December 1891, uh, Tom was going to go run a few errands, you know, working on the farm. And, um, from, so, like, you know, he's, uh, they're like, he's like 41 Right. at the time, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. So he decides he's going to go into town and run a few errands because, you know, they live on a yeah. decent sized piece of land. Right. You know? So, yeah, you have to go So into they town never to get really them. had to go into town all that often. And, uh, you know, I I don't really know what it was, but like, you know, he uh we'll get into that. Uh so you know, Ruth, you know, is just doing her thing, you know, she eats dinner and he still isn't back yet, you know, so she puts it on the stove for him, you mm-hmm. know, leaves the lamp going. Uh but after a few days if him not returning she finally said something to friends and authorities yeah all right because she was getting concerned because she said mm. it was very unlike him right it was very unusual uh you know so a few more days go by a couple weeks go by a couple months go by mm. not a trace of him anywhere not Definitely account. alarming. now anywhere. Everybody in the town starts talking, oh, he just ran off on his wife, you know. But she she refused to believe that. She says, Nah, he's alive. He'll be back. Some people are like, what if he's dead? What if he got mobbed by, like, mobbed by a bear? What if he got abducted by aliens? You know, people were trying to say, like, you know, you should just say, that he's, he's dead, yeah. Say that he's dead so you can inherit the but, property. Right, but she and didn't. She's like, no, no, she didn't. Every night she left the lamp on in the window. She always left it on too in case she ever left town, you know, with all the relatives and everything. She always made him a meal mm, and left it on the stove for him. Like, you know, she was convinced that he was going to be coming back. She never ever thought that people kept trying to convince her to do all these other things and she told them no
1: she Good. was she waiting for her guns. she was
0: waiting for her husband you know people said you should just say claim that he's dead get the rights to the land and then if you want to remarry you can remarry mm-hmm. and she's like no i'm waiting for my husband for 39 years
2: 39 years she... 39 years. So, yeah, the, so she was, like, what, 80-something? Well, yeah. Like, not, almost 90 when he came back?
1: Yeah. Well, he was, she was dead by the point.
2: Yeah. Because he showed up September 1933,
0: three days after her death, Tom returned. Oh. He claimed he had gotten lost, but he had also been traveling... All over the country he even worked on railroads and was just constantly traveling and trying different careers um, you know which also brings into play a reason one of a part of the reason why you know because everybody always kept saying why right why well Tom's aunt wrote a letter to Ruth After he had been missing for a few months. Mm -hmm. And explained that Tom also had this way about him from living on the farm the way he did. He had an extreme passion to explore. Mm -hmm. And just was known to do this from time to time since he was young. And he really did it. He disappeared for about five years when he was 16. Interesting. Okay, he disappeared. He had wanderlust. Right. Uh, uh, like, he just was like, all right. Like, and, you know, it was big news when he came back, and he was absolutely loving the attention, you know, like, because people were like, why did you come back now? Like, where or where did you go? And he says, well, like, I really did get lost at first. Right. And then I came across this other thing, and I'm like, oh, why not? Let me go do this for a little bit. And then every single time he'd be like, alright, I'm going to go back. Yeah. He'd run into something else It's like, alright, let me go do this for a little bit. Right. You know, so he, every single time, he was like, alright, I'm I'm done, I'm going to go back. He'd run into something else, and it would just push him farther and farther away from where he was, and just uh, had him... You know, working all different kinds of jobs throughout the whole entire country over those years. And then finally, he was just like, shit, like, I gotta get back home. Yeah, after five years. (laughs) You know, and it's like, and this, like, you know, and then he shows up, you know, basically 40 years later. Mm -hmm. And he basically was just like, there was nowhere else I could really go. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: I was getting old. So it was time for me to come home. He basically came home to die right you know but that is also a part of the reason why ruth always knew he was coming back Mm -hmm. but she just didn't know when right and it's very sad yeah that they never got to be reunited but he heard all the stories about her loyalty and her faithfulness, and that's what made him start opening up about what he was doing, Mm -hmm. you know, because at first, everybody was like, what happened? And he was like, I got lost, and, you know, and then they My name is Forrest And people started started running. (laughs) Yeah. And, like, people started making all kinds of jokes and stuff like that, like, you know, they started trying to make him into a town joke, saying things like... This is exactly like, oh, it's just, like, men's stubbornness for not wanting to ask for directions. Right. They, they would call him a, uh, they would call, call him a Tom Colbath, you know. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, what, what the hell, like, you know, it's like, oh, you got lost, but couldn't figure out how the hell to get home. And <laughs> then when he was hearing about, like, the loyalty and everything, he wanted to clear it up. Right. That's when he did start agreeing to do interviews and everything. But he ended up living on that property till the day he died.
2: Interesting. Very Very interesting. interesting. Very interesting.
0: So, it's like, as much as I always wanted it to be aliens when I first was hearing this, you know, because, like, it took me I mean, it like, could have been. They could have just that, brainwashed
2: him. You know, but all it's just like, I was like, oh,
0: yeah, it's like you were just traveling, and you are working in coal mines and oil rigs and railroads mm-hmm. and everything. Um, but then he was like, actually yeah and he's like i i couldn't stop traveling
2: yeah that's so (laughs) great
0: like you know and it's like could you but it's like you know it made sense to me when i was reading that and then like when i came across the letter about the aunt explaining that he also had done that from the time he was young right and the older he got the farther he went every time right so it's like something that he like kind of just couldn't help, like, it yeah. was kind of just, like, something that was bound to happen, and I guess, like, after he had been married, they had been settled down there for quite some time, so right. well, that's probably- he was settled, he was, like, you know, having his life with, you know, his wife and everything, and he was probably just like, shit, i got to go to the store for a minute, uh-huh. and then it was like, oh, well, then, you know, he could have came across something that yeah. was like... Oh, like you want to try this? Like maybe he came across some traveling salesman. Or yeah, something. maybe that encouraged him This Jim is too. what
2: I want to do for the rest of and
0: my life. And then he's life. like, "Holy shit!" <laughs> like you know, it's like, "Sorry, Ruth." Like I know I said I was going to get milk, but right now, let me go make us some I money. just can't it. He's like, "Let me go make us some money, real quick. Another way. I'm not gonna go and tell you. I'm just gonna go and do it, and I'll be my back. And then, you know, forty years later, like right. Unfortunately. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Well, you know, forty years is a long time, it is. but yeah. at least I mean, good for her. I wouldn't have waited. She
0: always she, she would have been like,
1: "Hey, up. you know, I guess hey, I would that's what that.
0: comforted her. That was her devotion. Yep, yep. that's true devotion, Definitely right there. Admirable. Yeah, a hundred
2: percent.
1: hmm. I wouldn't do it either. Just say, like, okay, is God. <laughs> I've been
0: like, he's he's dead. Yeah, right. That's <laughs> what I'm saying. It's like, you know, but no, she was devoted. Oh,
2: you, <laughs> to you. <laughs> well, on that note, I think that pretty well sums up the great state of New Hampshire. Yeah. And I hope you are ready for the next episode, which will be the last episode of our New England chapter, New England mm-hmm. chapter which is mm-hmm. Vermont. Yes. Yeah. So, hopefully, you're ready for some urban legends and interesting phenomenon from the green state of Vermont.
1: Yeah, so next time, date your maple syrup, date your whatever Vermont ESV thing and, Mm -hmm. you know, join us. Go and
2: take a trip
0: at the Bond (laughs) Traps.
2: Yeah, Mm -hmm. right, and go on to Emily's (laughs) Bridge. Anyways, well, I hope everybody has a wonderful rest of their day, night, week. Yes. Yes. And stay safe out there. Yep. And we hope that you can handle the truth.
1: Yeah. Stay Stay classy. Stay classy.
2: Stay weird. Mm -hmm. Stay
0: classy. We love Uh y'all. Bye. Bye.